Hello, you are listening to The Urbanist Podcast. I'm Natalie Argarius. And I'm Ray Dubicki. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about grocery stores, particularly ones around Seattle that are getting some buildings put on top of them. We got a little bit of news this week. The University uh, Village Safeway is about to turn into how many apartments? Uh, 734 apartment homes. But that's also not the only Safeway that's being uh, being converted over to something new. Well, what's happening at university? Okay, so yeah. So this is part of what appears to be a, a pretty um, massive trend, I would say, among, um, you know, the properties held in the safe by Safeway in Seattle to be redeveloped into mixed use, um, mixed use developments. And so this one at University Village, it's actually just adjacent, adjacent to the mall. It's not technically mall property. Um, it's going to be eight stories, um, six stories of housing over two stories of retail. Um, Safeway will be likely retained as one of the major retail tenants. Um, at this point, we know that it's a grocery store. That's all we know. But in the past, they've tended to maintain operations in the new site. So it seems like they would definitely do that here as well. Um, and then there are going to be three residential buildings. So, you know, what is right now a huge surface level parking lot is going to be three residential buildings that comprise really the majority of the um, of the lot space. Eight stories sounds like a lot, but if you think about the apartment buildings that are going up behind where that Safeway is right now, and heck, even the parking garages that are in University Village, that's not that high. It's not. In fact, um, in my article on this, I profiled a few of the other notable developments that are near the mall. And you can really sing see a ring of developments um, going up around the mall at this time. Um, and in the picture um, that I have of the Safeway, you can actually see one of those developments rising, abo rising above the Safeway just behind it. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think it's going to be out of scale with the neighborhood at all. That's fantastic. And they'll have plenty of places to shop right next door. That's true. And so something else um, that's really great about this is we did some preliminary calculations and it appears that this project alone could generate $13 million in funding for affordable housing through the mandatory housing affordability program. Now, that would be if the developer opted to pay in to the program rather than to create affordable housing on site, which has largely been the trend. Um, but even so, that's a lot of money for affordable housing from one project, which is very exciting. And if the developer decides to build affordable housing on site, that would be another positive outcome. And with three towers there, I don't know, would we want one of them to be all affordable housing? No, you want affordable housing to actually be mixed in. You know, U Village is a, it's a thriving mall. There's a lot of dying malls, um, in our area, around our country, but it tends to be one that is constantly packed with people and is, you know, financially successful. So I don't necessarily think we're going to be seeing a lot of changes coming soon, even though it's built pretty low. If you look at, you know, the majority of the storefronts are single story, two stories. Um, I would love a mixed use future for that mall, but I think it's going to be farther down the road. But there's a QFC that is even closer to the mall than the Safeway um, that has a huge parking lot. So maybe that's going to be the next um, the next step toward urbanizing that area. 
is the QFC on a separate property from the mall? You know, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I believe that it likely is. I do not think, actually, I see Ray is Googling this right now, which is perfectly fine. King County parcel viewer. What it looks like is the U Village facility itself is about 12 different lots. And then there's a University Village QFC that is its own lot. And then the Safeway has a handful of lots off to one side. So these are all set and ready to go for separate development. Oh, that's interesting. So perhaps we will see um, a new future for that QFC sometime, um, maybe sooner than for the rest of those small properties. So that's one development on the east side of the University of Washington in the U Village area. What's happening on the west side of the university in the university district? There are so many other no notable Safeway developments, and, and this is something I'm really excited to talk about as well. In the university district, there is a seven-story um, apartment complex that is under construction. In fact, according to the website, it's going to be available for leasing this fall, and it'll have 180 homes, um, which is a lot. Um, and in addition to that, they're going to range in size from studios to five bedrooms. Five bedroom apartments. Now, okay, I noticed something else that was really interesting about this particular development, which is that it has a lot less parking than some of the other ones. So if you look at it, the one at the U Village is planned to have 614 parking spots. It doesn't um, break down what will be for the people who live there versus what will be for customers. But I imagine that there will be some, you know, there'll be some differentiation with that. Um, now, granted, that is still less, actually, than the number of apartment homes, which is great. Um, but 614, you know, that's a lot of parking spaces. When you look at the one in the U District, it's interesting because it's only 180 homes, but some of them are five bedrooms. So you have to think that the number of people who are living there is going to be greater. It only has 195 parking spaces, though. And my thought is that's likely the case because of its proximity to light rail. And when you look at the development, they keep advertising, it's right next to the light rail. Well, if five bedroom apartments in the U District aren't enough, just wait, there's more. So the Queen Anne Safeway on the top of the hill, which, gosh, the plans for this came into being a while back, and the West Design Review Board withheld their approval for a while. Um, back in December of 2020, our executive director, Doug Trum, wrote an article about this, and their concerns were largely cosmetic. Um, I remember I read at one point they also felt that they wanted to make sure that the caliber of retail clients was moving into some of the smaller storefronts that their neighborhood deserved. Or I, I might make I might make it sound worse than it was, but it sounded pretty bad uh, from what I remember. Um, and yeah, it got slowed down by that process. Um, it actually became the poster child for how design review doesn't always work in this city. Um, but that's going to be a seven-story development with 325 units and 319 parking spaces. And um, it was supposed to actually begin construction last fall. But according to the website, um, there were some delays and it commenced at the beginning of this year. So the only thing more harrowing than going before design review for something on the top of Queen Anne Hill might be its neighbor neighborhood Magnolia. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Albertsons there, and Albertsons is the same company as Safeway. 
and what's happening over on Magnolia. So that one's interesting. So firstly, um, it's a multifamily development, but it's condominiums, which we actually don't see a lot of in this city. It's going to be 133 condominium homes, and it will include a public square, square, 221 parking spaces, but this building actually is going to meet the requirements for the city's living building challenge. And the Living Building Challenge is a green building initiative. It is. And so in order to meet the certification, and, and actually by meeting the certification, they were able to build higher. So they they were provided with a density bonus for, for attaining the certification. So they had to demonstrate that there were no toxic materials um, used in the construction of the building, that the building would be at least 25% more energy efficient than a comparable conventional building, and also that it would um, meet water saving requirements. And the developers at this time anticipate that the building is going to be about 33% more efficient in its use of water, which they, um, they've run the math on that. And they, they claim that they're going to be saving about a million gallons of water a year. That's spectacular. And no toxic materials at a grocery store, I guess, means organic Twinkies. I guess so. Organic Oreos, uh, hot Cheetos. You know, I'm, I'm seeing, <laughs> yeah, there, there's going to be some complications. Um, and, you know, in that particular um, building, the construction is supposed to begin in the second quarter of this year. Capitol Hill has a Safeway too, or had a Safeway, and it is going to have a Safeway with a building on top of it too. Yeah, so Capitol Hill um, still has its Safeway at, at 15th, and that Safeway um, has been the object of speculation for a while because it has a huge parking lot, it has a huge footprint in one of the densest areas of the city and best transit-connected areas of the city. Um, and it's a, a safe way I know really well because I lived about a block away from it for, for a couple years. And so it was a place that I would go to at all times of the day. And I still actually visit pretty frequently. Um, Recently, you know, there have been a lot of concerns around theft and also Safeway at that safety at that particular location. And that was taken into account when they started talking about this development proposal. So it's for a five story building, 400, um, 400 apartment homes. And it's actually going to be two separate buildings. And this is where things get really exciting because 15th Avenue is one of the best shopping streets um, in in Seattle hands down, it has some really vibrant small businesses and it can be a great place to be, but it also has dead zones. And the Safeway occupies one of the largest dead zones. Right now, where it meets 15th becomes a long wall of windows that are mostly just, um, they're just black. You can't see in, you can't see out. Um, and it's not a place that's comfortable or fun or inviting to go through as a pedestrian. In the past, they they did some art projects there, and I actually enjoyed that. I would go and see whatever was being exhibited that month. Um, that stopped a while ago. I'm not exactly sure why, but you know that's going to draw a limited amount of interest. So in this plan, what they've done is they've broken up the lot into two buildings, and there's going to be a courtyard in between, and that courtyard is going to connect where John meets 15th to try to open up the streetscape. And so hopefully that's going to prevent that sort of long feeling of being on a sidewalk tunnel with nothing interesting around you. Busy road and a whole lot of traffic moving by and blank windows. And then all of a sudden you have a corner opening, but 
this sounds a whole lot better. Are there- it, yeah, and actually right now, because of the concerns with threat, with theft, they've actually closed that entrance to the store, um, which has made things even worse, in all honesty. Um, it's made it even more just desolate, abandoned. Um, and, I, and I also want to point out on 15th, there's another um, grocery store that closed, the QS, QFC, which is also slated for redevelopment as well, but we haven't gotten any plans on that yet. There is one last Safeway that is penciled in for redevelopment, but that's not from the company itself. It's from something happening that's a little bit outside of it, and that's here in Ballard. We have the Safeway that's on the corner of Market Street and 15th, and that is in every single plan for sound transit. So it would be used as a construction staging area, is that correct? There's the construction staging area part of it, and then it's going to be part of the actual station, either if it's on 15th, if the station's on 15th or 14th, uh, which are both the plans now, and both above ground or below ground, that Safeway becomes something very different. Now, you know, during the period in which construction will be taking place, for people who live in that area, what other kinds of grocery store options will be available to them? Right uh, block up is the Ballard Market, uh, which is one of the town and country branches. Um, and then there's also going straight down 14th. Uh, well, it's, it's Grocery Alley down there. They have We have uh, PCC. We have uh, Trader Joe's. There is the um, cash. It was cash and carry. Now it's like chef something. And then the enormous Fred Meyer okay. down at the old uh, smelting plant. So it's, it sounds like it's possible that... Um, if that Safeway were to close, there may not be the same impetus to reopen it that may exist in other locations. I think, so that Safeway has two things going on with it. One is the Safeway itself, and it also has a gas station out front. I don't see a gas station reopening there, and that would mean there are what used to be uh, gas stations on almost every corner are now buildings on every corner. Um one of them being a giant uh, light rail station. Um, the grocery store itself, um, I don't think any. I don't think it hurts anybody to have a grocery store connected to a transit station. I think that makes a whole lot of sense, and it works in a whole lot of other places in the world. So I really do. I, I would look forward to Safeway reopening there. I did want to also address here that there's two Safeways that are close to um, light rail stations in the south part of the city, the southeastern part of the city, that as of yet, there's been no discussion of redevelopment of. So one um, is on Rainier Avenue, not too far from the Mount Baker station. And then the other one is the um, Safeway that's close by the Othello station. And that Safeway in particular was called out for having bad produce, um, having unsanitary conditions. I believe it was the South Seattle Emerald who wrote about this back in 2020. And perhaps it's been resolved since then. But it's interesting to me that, you know, we're seeing all this momentum to develop Safeways into mixed-use buildings in the northern part of the city, whereas in the southeastern part of the city, even though it's close to transit, doesn't seem to be happening yet. It's almost as if there is some sort of divide between the north half of Seattle and the south half of Seattle. I wonder where other things we see that happen with. Bike infrastructure. (laughs) Education. (laughs) 
Yeah. We could go on and on and on. <laughs> Pollution, um, but, yeah. highway installation, <laughs> trucking. No, sorry. But, you know, perhaps we will see. Well, and also, when I was on my way here today, I noticed that in Crown Hill, there's a Safeway, too. So that Safeway, you know, may have a different future. I got to think about that Safeway a little bit because it really is on that busy corner of 15th and 85th. And there is a QFC about five blocks. That's yeah, more than that down. But it would be nice to have what would be very nice is if we just kept building the light rail straight up to Crown Hill and then we can redevelop that Safeway, too, at the same time. Good idea. And, you know, you know, we've we've threw in this um, name a few times, QFC. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that, you know, we are seeing this trend among Safeways, but not nearly as marked a trend among QFCs or other big box retailers in the city. So there, QFC is, of course, that branch of Kroger. Mm. And they also have that Fred Meyer. And so Fred Meyer is the big department grocery store that takes up enormous footprint. We have one both at in Freelard Free and Greenwood. And then the QFCs tend to be a little bit more compact. We do have the QFC right in Ballard that is on the ground floor of the on-the-park apartment buildings, um, which is great integrated in the neighborhood, but they close half of their... Well, they've permanently closed the door outside of Starbucks. They have one main door, and then the other door is kind of flexible depending on the hour. Um, they've also changed their hours during the pandemic. Um, QFC... I would be interested to see if they engage in the same kind of development. My my sense is that Safeway has only really gotten into this development since they went through the entire changeover where they were being semi-purchased by Hagen and then Albertsons came into the picture and then they merged, divested, and then sued each other. And that was a giant cluster. But in the end... Hagen has half a dozen stores and wasn't able to expand. And then Safeway is now this behemoth where a whole bunch of their property doesn't look like groceries anymore. It just looks like a real estate deal. And you're reminding me now that you wrote one of our most read articles of all time about grocery stores. Isn't that correct? The grocery store article went over really well. <laughs> I'm going to drop a link to that to um, in this description of in the description accompanying this podcast. It was a walk around Fred Meyer in Freelard, and it uh, the the potential Amazon Fresh that was supposed to open next to it has not manifest yet. Um, but it is along Grocery Alley, so there is still that other PCC and Trader Joe's. Um, and it is competing as a union shop with places that don't hire unions. So. Okay. Well, thanks for talking about Safeway so much with me, Ray. And I have to say I am really excited about this new development in particular at U Village, but also all the other ones that are to come as well. Thanks for the great pipeline of stats about all of these developments that are coming. Do we have a total on the number of apartments that are going on Safeways yet? Let me, you know, I didn't add it up, but give me one second. We're looking at 621 here. So so this was really fast math, but it looks like 2060, which (laughs) that's pretty awesome. And that's also considering, you know, that U District development where you have the five bedroom apartments. So... That's a lot of housing. Five-bedroom apartments in some places, condos in other places, and plenty of bananas for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Natalie. You're welcome. Well, it seems like I think we're coming toward the end of this um, episode. 
Well, I'm Ray Dubicki, and this is the Urbanist Podcast. I'm Natalie Argarius, and thank you for listening.